but for me, it was like, I want to have complete control over my money and I want to drive my own ship, uh, into the ground or, you know, take me to somewhere that's, that's better, better place than I am now. So I was like, I don't, I don't want anybody else, even if it's good, like, even if it's good for me, like, I, I just want to do it myself. This is Vets in the House, a co-podcast where we sit down with military veterans to share stories about life, the military, and the good, the bad, and the ugly of buying homes. I'm your host, Chase Blakey, alongside Nate Hyatt, and today we're hanging out with Mark Sheba, an active-duty Navy nuclear nerd, musician, and hippie with multiple properties under his belt and a whole different kind of view on life. All right. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Chase, and thanks for joining our podcast. So I'm here with Nate Hyatt, and with us today is Mark Sheba. And I'm super pumped to have Mark on, man. Thanks for coming in, dude. How are you? Oh, man, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> great, dude. Great. Yeah, so obviously, uh, Mark, man, we, we've been together for uh, a while now in some real estate projects that we have going on in Southern California, which has been a little bit of an adventure, and I'm sure you'll talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah. But has has really rounded out pretty nicely for us. Just love you, dude. Glad you're here. Glad you would give us some of your time. Um, and so, if you could just start out by telling us a little bit about yourself uh, in terms of your military career and, and and where you're at and where you've been. Cool. Yeah, I went to the Naval Academy, so that's how I got roped in to this whole military thing. Got recruited to play soccer there. Uh, I have an older brother who's uh, one year older than me. Uh, he played soccer as well, so we both went there together. Oh, and then, that. yeah, yeah, he's a marine pilot now. Uh, I ended up going uh, SWO, uh, nuke SWO. I got drafted to be uh, a nuke SWO. Big, big brain boy, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I at the at the Naval Academy, they like they can never fill all the spots, so they just they gotta you know tell people they're doing it. And I was super, <laughs> unth- I was not thrilled to be to be doing it. Uh, but retrospectively, it's been a cool experience. I'm kind of towards the end. You're of it very now. humble, man. <laughs> they, they, they they needed more people to fill the spots. They wouldn't have put me in that spot. I don't care how many people. Yeah. <laughs> they were they were pulling anybody. They were desperate. They were just pulling people off the streets. <laughs> I'll take your word for it, man. All right, yeah. so yeah, out in San Diego. Keep going. Sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, so I was on a destroyer, like a we call them small boys in the service fleet, uh, out of San Diego for two years, and then uh, I headed to Charleston uh, for the nuclear power pipeline which is six months of school and then six months of training on a submarine um where they have like a a prototype nuclear reactor and then i headed to san diego back to san diego where i uh am on the carl vinson now which is an aircraft carrier out of uh corona uh island so uh, that's where I'm at now, and I'm actually only four months now from getting out of the Navy, so that's kind of an exciting uh, moment in my life. Yeah, four months, man. That's exciting. Um, obviously, there's a lot to chat about with that that we'll get into in a minute, but before we do that, give me a funny story about the military. We've all got like boot yeah. stories or whatever. I'd love to hear one that you have, man. Yeah, the, so many funny things that happen in the military. So many strange things. Probably things that don't seem funny to us, That it, but if you told... Oh, normal person on the street they'd find it funny but one that definitely is funny for people probably in and out of the navy was uh when you get recruited for the uh 
the nuclear power pipeline, there's like interviews that you have to do prior to getting accepted to the program, and you do them in Washington D.C. at the head of naval reactors, uh, super you know official building, and you go there and you do. Uh, I ended up doing three three interviews that were an hour long. Uh, you do like technical interviews, so they're asking you like math problems and like chemistry and physics and stuff like that. To be but, to be sure, this is that program you were talking about where they take anyone, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Got it. Okay, it was just making cool, sure. Cool, cool. Yeah. And then so, but at the end of that, uh, there's an interview with the like uh, the head of all naval reactors. Okay. Uh, this like you know big scary admiral who's gonna like uh, scare the 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 poop out of your pants, uh, and. <laughs> He, uh, I went up uh, for my interview, and it's like in the super official building in Washington D.C. And through through the inter- through the previous three interviews, I it had come up that I uh, play music and write songs, and and so he like thought that was really interesting. And all he did was like I walked in, he's like, okay, so I hear you, you're a musician. No, like, he's like, let's hear something. No, uh, <laughs> and, and there's and there's like. There's like three. There's like there's other people in the room too, which is horrifying. Like there's other people like standing sitting behind you, like, wow. and I'm like, you, you got to be joking, sir, right? Like, you want me to sing something right now? He's like, yeah, yeah, come on, see what you got. And so I ended up like singing a song with no like accompaniment. It's not like I had a guitar or anything, you know. I was just like sitting there, like <laughs> just straight as a stick, like sweating. <laughs> It's like uh, American Idol. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be a nuclear engineer, you yeah, have to pass nothing. American Idol. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so that's how I got into this program, really, just singing. So that's awesome. That yeah. that I didn't see that one coming, but I, I love it. Thank you for yeah. sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you just confirmed again why I could not have uh, gotten into that program for just another reason. Yeah, most people actually make it through the technical part, and then they fail with the American Idol part of that. <laughs> that's the that's the one that gets them. Yeah, that's yeah. The gets them. Yeah, that makes sense. That would yeah. that would get most people in. Well, thanks for sharing <laughs> that. That was that was really great. I'm glad that you uh you, you shared that with us. Um, yeah. Okay, so we've talked a little about your military career. The reason you're on the show, obviously, you're a veteran. Um, you know, you do really cool stuff. Obviously, the music is really great, but you also invest in real estate. Um, and we love bringing people here because. Just hearing the stories of how you got started, like your very yeah. first deal that you did, it, it can be really powerful for people um, when they hear that message, when they hear that, you know, you always get the guys who tell everybody that's going to be roses, right? It's just going to, everything's going to go perfectly and you're going to be a millionaire and all this stuff. And a lot of people, I don't think realize it, it just takes time and you just have to start. As long as you get started, you will get there, but you, you have to start. Um, so yeah. I would love if you could tell us a little bit about uh, where you got started in real estate, your very first step that you took and what you experienced in terms of challenges and maybe how you got past some of those challenges. Yeah, for sure. My, uh, my, I don't, growing up, I didn't know anybody who did real estate. I didn't really even understand the concept of investing in real estate up until I was a junior in college and at the Naval Academy. And I think uh, there are other ways that you can get this, but this thing called like a career starter loan um, yeah. where they give you uh, like a chunk of money. I think it was like $30,000 to... I don't even even start your career. I guess I, I don't <laughs> to buy a Mustang. Thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, I don't know yeah, really why deal. that exists, but it exists. And so I was, uh, I had like a big amount of cash deposit in my bank account uh, when I was a your junior in college, and I just thought to myself, like, what do you even do with this much amount? Like, I don't even know what you do with this much money. 
And so uh, I just did like research online of like, how, what do you do with $30,000 in your bank account? <laughs> and uh, ended up I can getting, tell you a few things. <laughs> yeah. I guess there's a lot of ways you could do it, but um, I wanted to be like somewhat uh, smart about it or thoughtful about it. And so I stumbled upon a, a bunch of YouTube videos and there's all, there's all sorts of like information out on the internet, but, um, I eventually got a hold of the bigger pockets podcast and realized that that was probably the most condensed, uh, place to find uh, information on real estate investing. And so I went like, I basically listened to everything, bought books, uh, and just self-educated myself, um, up until the point where I was just like probably overly confident in like what real estate could do for you and like how it was like it seemed like just an obvious way to invest money when you had that much uh, amount of money and so I remember like I think I was a senior in college uh, where I was like oh I'm buying real estate and I I didn't really understand the concept of like financing though and so I was just like trying to buy houses while I was a senior in college and I didn't have a job I think I like the Naval Academy they give you like $300 per month and so I've soon found out that I like I had to wait until I graduated and had like an actual W two job. Uh but once I was like committed, so like right out of the gate, um f- from the Naval Academy, I was like, I'm buying a house like as soon as possible because I, I had been delayed. Um but I was gonna go straight on deployment. So I was like, oh that's gonna be a tough one, but like I'm gonna do it anyways. And so um as a coming out of the Naval Academy as a SWO, you have uh, a two month school uh called BDOC. It's like a basic officer uh, course, um, and I had a course in Norfolk, Virginia. That's where it was like headed out of, even though my ship was out of San Diego, and then the ship was actually on deployment. So the ship was in the Fifth Fleet in the Persian Gulf. It was home port out of San Diego, but I was in school for two months in Norfolk, Virginia. And I was like, I'm going to buy a house in these two months before I go on deployment. And so... Uh, while like I was going to school after school, I would be like, you know, researching the area. Like I'd never been to Norfolk, Virginia. So I showed up at school. I had like a two month timer of where like I need to close on this house. And I was like driving around trying to find out the nice areas of, of Norfolk, Virginia. And I was like, I don't even just, I got to figure out what's going on here. And I meet people. I never like met with a realtor. I didn't even really understand what the function of a realtor was. But, uh, I eventually got a, a house that I was like, this is the house. Um, but it was like kind of, the timeline had been pushed that back pretty far. And so I ended up closing on the house, but the closing got pushed back to where I was had already flown out to meet the ship, and I had to get a power of attorney uh, for my girlfriend to close on the house. And so she closed on the house for me while I was on deployment, and then she handed the keys over to the property management company, and then I have to this day not seen the house since then. <laughs> so and I I haven't been back to Norfolk, Virginia. So that was like Dude, that's that was one like, of the best like first home purchase stories I've heard. Yeah, yeah. chaotic. You yeah, so you cool. got a career starter loan and did what everyone who gets a career starter loan does and says, "Let me go ahead and buy a house with it." Right? That's yeah. Nobody think, does that, man. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Know, nobody does do that. It's, it's funny. It's funny that they like give you or. At a place you you think, especially at like the Naval Academy, where it's like you know higher education, quote unquote, where if someone hands you a chunk of money, they'd be like, "Oh, you should consider." Here's a suggestion. Yeah, some yeah. some you know <laughs> thoughtful, educated ways to think about having that much money in your bank account. But so, was it a VA loan purchase or it was solely an investment purchase because you were going on 
It was an investment purchase. So I okay. bought it with okay. like an investment loan because I also knew that I was coming back from deployment a couple of months later to San Diego, and I knew that I was going to buy a house in San Diego as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. So yeah. let's let's unpack that a little bit, okay? Just in case there's some because you you breeze through a couple things, a couple things that I think are worth keying in on. And Nate, we'll have you kind of provide your analysis on this. But um, two things you said: one was you had your career start a loan, but you didn't realize how financing worked, so you couldn't just get a loan right away with that. Um, and so that that's one. And then the other is you used your V. You couldn't use your VA loan because it was an investment property. So definitely a really interesting way to get started. I think. Not most people have like the wherewithal to do that. I certainly did not, <laughs> for sure. Um, I didn't even take the career starter loan. I don't even know you could do that with that. That's amazing. But Nate, uh, do you want to unpack those two elements right there and just explain what's going on with that? Yeah, so I think uh, there was just really good foresight on your part for using the investment loan initially because you already had that chunk of change. So a lot of, t- a lot of the time, the best benefit of the VA loan is that it's a 0% down loan. And so a lot of people struggle to come up with a down payment and that's what keeps them out of the house, and that's why the VA loan can be so beneficial. But with you already having that career starter loan, that down payment ready in an area like Norfolk that actually had appropriately priced houses for you to be able to make the down payment with that money was such a pro move right out of the gate. Like you did your research well, that the bigger pockets really probably set you up for success with that education so that you were able to get your first investment property right out of the gate, which it's just so huge. Most people buy a depreciating asset with the car uh, for their with their career start alone, but buying that appreciating asset with a house that already immediately probably started cash flowing for you right out of the gate as well. And then when you came back to San Diego, you actually still had the VA loan benefit available to you to be able to utilize in the way that it was intended for you to be able to live in. Um, I think that those two thought processes that you immediately started with uh, I would say really show why you were the nuclear guy because <laughs> yeah. it's just very, very smart. That's I, great, man. I know uh, many people that are, uh, you know, in the nuclear power world in the Navy who, who, who don't do real estate. So there's different types of smarts. I, I know <laughs> yeah, many, that is very true. I know well, a lot of people that are not quote unquote educated that are a lot smarter than the educated people. So, yeah. Well, it's good. It's good. And, and the, you know, once you, you had the loan, and once you had the income to back up, that's what made you lend worthy to the banks, and that's what you were able to, to put towards your DTI for the property, your debt-to-income ratio. So um, really cool how you did that. I'm, I'm curious, what like what would have made this process easier for you, this very first purchase? Like what would have made it easier? Uh, it would have been less stressful if I wasn't going on deployment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aside from that. The challenging thing for that purchase was not – Knowing the area um, was probably the biggest challenge. It took me like I, I just was ended up driving around and like, and Norfolk too is like really street by street. Like it's a pretty like crazy like you're like oh this is a nice street and then the next street is like whoa this is not a nice street and not not really safe looking. How did you find your agent? Bigger pockets. Realistically, it's amazing. Like I mean, I spent probably an adequate amount of time learning on bigger pockets, but. With equipping yourself with that like information and also then hearing a lot of people's stories about them doing it is like pretty empowering. It's not delusional even though it could potentially seem delusional because you have like a certain amount of confidence without ever doing it before yeah, <laughs> uh, because yeah. you just – you have like enough faith that that it's going to work out because you've heard so many people tell their own personal stories on like, all – you know, podcasts and stuff like 
not just yeah. bigger pockets, but like I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, so I hear a lot of people talking about. I heard a lot of people talking about how it worked out for them, and and I was aware too of the challenges too. Like I wasn't naive going into it about the potential things you need to look out for and and be wary of, and so I think I equipped myself pretty well with with the information and then tying just kind of hand in hand with the information was the the stories of everybody uh, on these podcasts telling that like oh this is my you know personal experience of going through that and so i knew that like no people that do this are normal people like me and um, i also now have the same information that these normal people had when they made you know their purchases of, of real estate investments so i just kind of had like a certain amount of faith that it was going to be okay. I, and also the other thing that was really big f- that I like, I had to tell myself over and over again was that it's also not the end of the world. Um, something with real estate that I think people get really hung up on was because they're dealing with uh, prices that oftentimes they've never dealt with before, like in you know, hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars versus, you know, like $20, $100. It freaks people out. Uh, so you have to have a certain amount of like understanding and faith about how um you know how to manage a, a large you know loan a large debt and understand the concepts of it generating cash flow and it's actually going to be something that's giving you money when i was in college uh, this kind of related to that with with getting you know the a certain amount of faith about doing something was and knowing that it's going to be okay even if things don't go out well it's probably not going to go well um perfectly like it's still going to be okay um i was really into benjamin franklin I'm from Philly, and, and I didn't really know about anything about Benjamin Franklin growing up, but okay. I went to the Naval Academy and came across a book of his. And there's a story of his where he's about to make this, like, big business deal, and he's, like, freaking psyching himself out. He's like, oh, gosh, like, if this goes sour, like, it could be, like, really bad. Like, it could um, – things could turn out really bad for me. And he he's like, well, what's the worst-case scenario? And so he's, like, in his office – and he's like, well, worst case scenario is I kind of like, I probably have to like work really late and I have to maybe like just sleep in my office. And like, and he's like, why don't, why don't I just like walk through the worst case scenario? So he's like, before the night of this deal, he likes, he like just like works really late. And he's like, I kind of like working. Like it's, I kind of like this work. And he likes, he goes underneath, like he just like sleeps right by his desk, wakes up in the morning. And he's like, oh, I'm pretty happy still. Like this is pretty good. Like actually it's, I'm. I'm okay. Like, things are going to be okay. He's like, well, there's actually the worst case scenario is not that bad. I'm still a happy guy. I know that my happiness isn't dependent on the success or failure of, like, this one deal. And that's, like, an incredible, incredibly empowering to move forward. And so, like, I kind of went through that mental exercise purchasing this house. It's like, okay, I'm 22 years old. Worst case scenario, I lose the whole, the whole thing goes to sh- And it's like, wow, I'm 22 years old. I'm, I need, like, I don't even have a choice. I need to be working for the next six years of my life because I have a contract with the Navy. Worst case scenario is really pretty small. Like, what a small deal that is. So it's like, this is a no-brainer because best best case scenarios, I learn a bunch, bunch of stuff that I continue to use moving forward for the rest of my life. So I, don't know, I use a lot of, like, mental exercises like that to just really psych myself into being like, I am going to be purchasing this thing. And I had a lot of, like, internal 
momentum that I built up just from listening to all these I love that, dude. podcasts and stuff. Yeah, I love that. I really I'm reminded of Tim Ferriss when you tell the Ben Franklin story. I didn't know Ben Franklin predated Tim Ferriss. On did, his, he do, uh, did he do Did he do that idea. same story? Is that his, uh, is Tim it? Ferriss did? Yeah, he he has a cool YouTube video where he talks about stoicism and he yeah. he walks through and if, yeah, everybody listening, like if you haven't seen it, highly recommend it. It's it's really a good like broken down version of what you just went over, Mark. Um, yeah pretty cool that you applied that so quickly i'm a little bit scared did he tell the same story because maybe no, I steal no, that? he didn't tell the story he he told his own version of version of that, that. okay he, cool yeah he was cool. depressed and he wanted <laughs> to launch his business and he said okay what's the worst that could happen if i yeah. like actually did this and just traveled the world and, and yeah, let yeah. my business kind of run itself um, yeah and i think that practice what you just talked about is really cool because first thing you brought up was you get that sticker shock. Like you're getting in real estate. You're like, wow, that's a big number. I've never seen a number that big on this loan. That's going to be attached to my name. Yeah. What is the deal? Um, and there's a whole lot to unpack with that. You're right that you really have to change the way you're thinking. I think Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Poor Dad does, uh, is a great book, starter book for anyone who's really trying to understand the difference between good debt, bad debt, um, a business concept versus a W-2 wage, and, and w- what you need to do to set yourself up for success by owning assets and leveraging other people's money um, to help build your net worth. And so really cool. And the way you did that is really fantastic um, to, to, to break it down and chunk it out and go, okay, and you know, how, if things went south, how would I, how would I handle this? Um, and the last thing I'll add is just when you're looking at a home, one of the things I love to do is look at it. If I'm going to buy a place, it, it needs to have value as a like a rent worthy asset and there's people who who buy luxury homes and things like that and it's just they have a lot of money here they know what they're doing more than i do but for me for my safety keep is always well okay let's assume i had to move out of this place and i could never live there again would it rent and 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 would it hurt me every month or would it help me um and so i think that's another way to to look at it but yeah thanks for sharing that really cool man so uh any thoughts nate before we move on to the next question yeah i think that i would just i would just say that uh just to kind of sum everything up that you said for the to, to answer the original question of uh, barriers or things that would have been easier. First thing that you didn't know was anything, right? So you immediately started getting knowledge and doing research and learning things. The second thing that you didn't have or know was the area. And so you found a team and put the team in place to help you move forward with learning about the area, learning about how to get a loan and what all that looked like. And then the third thing was securing your financing and figuring out what that looked like with your actual W-2 and getting the loan put together for that. And the fourth thing was encountering the sticker shock of it is the first and the biggest purchase that most people make in their entire lives is a home because that couple hundred thousand dollar purchase is more than you'll spend on just about anything else. And then playing the pros and cons list in the worst case scenario to really get you through and over the hump of that sticker shock so that you could accept the reality of it and listening to other people's stories um, to give you the confidence to move forward to actually make that purchase, which has obviously set you up pretty well since then. Totally. Yeah. Well, cool, man. So we kind of went through your first deal. We kind of went through your, your intro into real estate as itself. And that was, how many years ago was that? That was 2017 in the summer of 2017. Okay. So speed me up to today. Where are you at today from where you started in terms of personal, financial, um, just everything from where you started with there to where you are now. Yeah, um, for sure. So taking off from purchasing that house in Virginia, then I went on deployment and then I came back from deployment and ended up buying a house in Southern California where I was living. And then 
there was like a kind of a big gap between uh, me having my next purchase due, due to it's all sorts of kind of fun, disastrous things that stopped me in my tracks from buying uh, more houses, um, which we could potentially talk, talk about. It's probably one of the kind of like biggest lessons learned for me personally. It specifically has to do with credit. And, Let's do it, uh, man. Di- dive in. Di- dive into that. that. Yeah, yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. This is definitely kind of my personal um, biggest lesson that I've had to learn was um, that once you have a knock on your credit, whether it's your fault or not, you're basically screwed for the next three, two, three years. Yeah. Like really screwed. But you can't purchase it, uh, lo- lend or loan any money. Like you, the banks won't give it to you. Um, and in this specific case, it was, we had just put up, uh, we had just purchased a home and, uh, auto payment was set up on the house to, to withdraw from the uh, bank account. And the, because it was also a new bank account, a joint bank account, uh, there, there was at like, it was like the second month probably of this loan. It pulled money from the account, but that account didn't have sufficient funds and so the they they canceled the auto payment and and so they they called me and I talked to them and I said oh yeah it's not a problem at all this is a joint account which I just need to move money around and so um they're like okay yeah no problem I was like okay I'll put the money in the joint account and then if you just mind setting up back auto payment and they're like yeah no problem your auto payment's set up um the money's in the account now you're good to go I was like perfect um, that's resolved. And I go on like a, a month and a half, two month underway. So then I just go out to see and they didn't set up auto payment on the account. And so when I get back, what actually the way that I found out was I was purchasing another home. I was, I was purchasing a home in Tennessee remotely. And when, when you're, they pull your credit right before you're about to close on the house and they pulled my credit and it had dropped like 250 points or something and they're like whoa whoa what is going on here i'm like that must be a mistake that doesn't make any sense and then i did a little more investigating that we had missed uh these loan payments on this new loan like for two two months or yeah it's like two months and so i so then i ended up getting and then i learned about the, the challenges of trying to reverse something like that and they're huge. They're really big, especially because when it becomes like a he said, she said thing with the actual bank, because I'm like, listen, like I was on the phone with one of your customer service people. They told me that I am good to go. They set up the auto payment and uh, I don't understand how this is my fault. Like, can you just reverse it? And they're like, listen, we can't do that. Number one. And, or like we that's really like not something we do and number two is like we don't even have the ability because we sent it to the credit bureaus and like that's something you got to work out with them now and so then it was now this big adventure of trying to get a hold of the credit bureaus but they only have specific guidelines for when they would reverse something like that and it, it just ended up becoming i mean it was so complicated it lasted a year like uh, years really of me considering and then i would you know i hired like a, a third party consultant to try to like reverse this through the credit bureaus but uh, it all was basically was fruitless and I, and I just had to wait. So I, I just ended up waiting about like two years before my credit came back before I was like, okay, here we go back at it again, try to purchase some real estate. So 
there's kind of like a hole in my real estate uh, investing career that was thanks to I don't, I take you know a certain amount of personal responsibility, but you know. We, uh, well, I, I'm not going to take 100% responsibility <laughs> for that one. <laughs> I'm laughing uh, because I was Brutal. on that deal with you. And yeah. That was, was horrible. It was horrible. That, yeah. I, that was yeah. like a very – I had never heard that story. I had listened to a, pot, a lot of podcasts. I hadn't heard that one. Like I think the, the lesson in that that I learned uh, – because if it's not clear to our listeners, yes, I, like I was on that deal with Mark. And I think the lesson I learned, he went out on float. I went out to the field um, at, at the time. So we were both just not there, and we weren't at the place uh, receiving the mail that I was, presumably they were sending. Um, so we went two months. We missed two payments because they cut yeah. off our auto pay. They told us that we were good, but they, we weren't, and they cut off our auto pay. We missed two payments. We had like quadrupled the amount of the mortgage payment in the account. Just oh, my gosh, yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing – there's a couple things with that. One is like redundancies, uh, you know, having communication plans in place. Like I should have double checked with you. Sometimes we forget who's got what ball and what's going on. And that was another thing we just didn't know to keep our eye on the ball for. We yeah. just didn't, didn't think that could happen. Um, yeah. So great lesson to bring up. Make sure your payments are on time. It will wreck your credit. Uh, my credit yeah. tanked as well, and that Oof, took me out geez, for Louise. almost two years. It was brutal. Yeah, it's like um, two years, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, that's a good lesson. So, all right. So, keep going. Um, sad story. Let's keep yeah. going. Like, <laughs> that, that where, is, where are we at now? <laughs> that is a good lesson uh, because uh, it takes a while to recover. There's a lot of lessons you can learn where you can recover a lot quicker than that one. Yeah. Maybe some yeah. that, you know, are harder, but that's a pretty good one. Um, but uh, since then, I purchased two more. So, now I have a total of four uh, um, properties, um, another one in Southern California, and then um, one in Philadelphia. Awesome, man. Um, for, so you, from where you've I'm just from. been stacking cash, pretty much most of your cash away that you've been earning and putting it into properties. It sounds like. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't really spend any money. Um, that's kind of like what is able to fuel this type of um, activity, real estate activity. Um, um, yeah, like I, I don't really invest in um, like index funds or. I mean, I, I actually, I don't even invest in anything else. Like, not even. Uh, like you know my military uh pension like, fund or whatever like tsp yeah tsp i don't even do that man mark just goes all out i love it uh, yeah. to the metal this guy i'm like i'm like i don't <laughs> I, I i remember like thinking about it logically i'm like mathematically it doesn't make any sense like because they match it it's like yeah. hey we'll give you it's basically we'll give you free money they do like yeah. i don't i don't mm-hmm. have, i actually would never advise anybody to do that but but for me it was like I want to have complete control over my money, and I want to drive my own ship uh, into the ground, or you know, take me to somewhere that's that's better better it. place than I am now. So I was I like, I don't, it. I don't want anybody else, even if it's good. Like even if it's good for me, like I, I just want to do it myself. Awesome, man. So all right, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your. I mean, w- one of the words that really circulates a lot is financial freedom. You hear a lot of people talk about it. Um, you have an eye to the door right now in the Navy. And we can talk a little bit about what's next for you and just life design and what you got going on. Uh, definitely some exciting yeah. stuff. I can't wait to hear the, the latest on that. I don't even think I have the latest. Um, yeah. But can you tell us a little bit how real estate has gotten you to where you are to be comfortable to get out and to pursue some of these passions you have and what your passive income is looking like to enable that? Totally, yeah. Um, yeah, life design. I like that. That's a nice word. I, I can definitely relate to that concept. It's not mine. It's again. Oh, it's not. Oh, no, I like it. Well, I think that's like Tim Ferriss. <laughs> nah, I'm gonna give it to you. Yeah, it sounds Tim Chase Ferriss. said it. Yeah. Chase said it. Um, that's where I heard it from. 
Um, but my financial freedom number, I think, is what people use. It's pretty. It's pretty low, realistically. I think mine will, would probably be in a pretty low uh, percentile. If, you know, for the average, like I'm definitely below the average. Sure. Um, because I realized that um, you can to be quote unquote financially free. You can either make a lot of passive money, or you could just l- have lower your standard of li- living. And uh, either one, well, both of those things will have to happen in order to reduce the time, minimize the time to get there. Mm-hmm. And so I, I figured that just with my own personality, my, my superpower is lowering my stand, standards of living. Uh, I was like, that's that's really where I'm like a freaking rock star, where I'm, nice. I'm going to be getting there pretty quick. So like, for example, like I don't even own a car right now. I run my bicycle to work. I live in a house with four other guys. I live in Southern California and pay, uh, I live on the beach basically, and I pay $500 in rent. Wow. So, what's your VH? Oh, I, I don't even know actually. <laughs> he doesn't even know. I don't know. <laughs> 38, 41, yeah, it's, it, 300, something like that. Yeah, it's, it's wow. a lot more than 500. Okay. So, so I, I was like, ah, I'm just going to be able to, and like, I don't, I don't really enjoy the, you know, the finer things in life. I don't care for really cars and shiny things and nice clothing. So that works out well for me. That's kind of like a personal preference thing. And um, so my my financial freedom number is I, – I, mean, I didn't even make one up. I was just like I, I think I can go be financially free with like, I don't know, like two, $2,000 a month. Like that would be That's pretty amazing. comfortable. Yeah. Um, and, and like, you know, I'm 28 years old. So like obviously I'm not going to be doing nothing for the rest of my life. Like I'm going to be – gainfully employed doing interesting things so right um, I don't you set to... yourself up to where you you get to have a say like there's you don't yeah. have to chase money per se yeah because of your that's freedom that, yeah, that is freedom yeah that's exactly what it, it's really the, the thing that i think that i'm personally chasing i think that really all of us are chasing is the ability to go after the things that we find interesting things that we're passionate about and to go a- after those things without an additional uh, resistance of money. Like there's to to do anything good in life, it's going to be hard. And so it's like it's not really like I think people also often misconvey or misconceive. What's the word? What's that word? Uh, Tangle up, misconceive. They get it. They get it twisted. They get twisted. Yeah, Yeah. they think that they're going after like comfort. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. (laughs) They they, uh, they think they're going after comfort with this financial freedom concept. But like you really don't want comfort like that, especially at a young age. You, honestly, yeah. at any age, you really don't want that that type of comfort. You just really want to go after things that are that are you know, that you're passionate for. So, and and I was lucky enough to find something that I was passionate about pretty early with music, and I knew that that was the end goal. Is that I want to have to be able to, I want to be able to design a life around music, and I also knew that that doesn't generate much much money on average. Like if you're just like an average musician, that's not going to make you that much money. So I was like, I just, I just, all my financial freedom number for, for what I want out of financial freedom, I just want a, a little bit of help, like a little bit of just supplementing my music career. And so like, if I could just make like, you know, a couple hundred dollars even would be great. Like if I could just have my food paid for by my real estate, if I could have my rent paid for by real estate and I can then make, use the other money that I make playing music for like, you know, plane tickets and, you know buying people gifts and, and stuff like that, that'd be great. So 
my financial freedom number is kind of just vague, very low number, to be honest. It's like just if I make a couple couple hundred bucks every month by the time I get out of the Navy, that's a huge win. Wow. And and so and then going back to like what it actually turned out to be, realistically, it's, it's kind of hard to say because two of my properties are short term rentals and they're not as stable in terms of like you, it's hard to predict say like exactly how much money you're gonna make each month but i would say by, by the time i get out in four months i'll be making comfortably like about a thousand dollars every month awesome. passively awesome yeah yeah so just a thousand dollars coming great. in every single month for basically just mailbox money yeah you, i wish i wish we could just like take your mindset and download it around the world, man. Like the way you just articulated that was so eloquent. We have a lot of people with holes in their shoes. (laughs) Dude, you know, it's okay though, man. I think think the way, the way you really articulated like the simplicity of it and everybody's got their things, like everybody has their things they want to pour into. But the way you talked about how it's not about, this big retirement goal, this big, huge number and being rich. Yeah. Like money isn't the end state. It, totally. it can't be. Like no, if, if it is, you will never have enough. It's you're actually, never. it's actually, a tra- it's actually kind of, kind of a dangerous trap to, to be, to be real. Like, because that is the first thing that comes up in people's mind when they're conceiving a journey of, of, you know, going down the journey of becoming fine, getting money. I don't, you just, yeah, yeah. Uh, my goal is to get money. Mm-hmm. Cause that's, when you say financial freedom, oftentimes I, it could be like misconstrued, Misconstrued. I think that was the word I was looking for. Misconstrued as a like a noble task, you know, in disguise. I mean, like if people were just like, "I want to be rich," you know, like it's a, kind of a different you just way. Put a little fun word on it. Yeah, and financially it's free. It's like you mean you want to have loads of money so you can like show everybody and tell everybody yeah. that you're you have a lot of money and, and you're financially free. You just use a different word for it. So I, I I think it's kind of it is a bit of a dangerous word. Or not, not a word. It's a bit of a dangerous concept. Yeah, I think you have to be constantly checking yourself because, I mean, I haven't gotten to, you know, to the end of, you know, having just a, a boat ton of money, but I've, you know, heard a lot of people and see a lot of people's lives just observing the world. So like, that is 100% not going to give you what you thought it was going to give you. So Yeah, that um, reminds me of that um, Jim Carrey quote. I don't remember it exactly, but he was like, I wish everybody could be rich and famous. Yeah. That's not what it's all about. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and it, it takes probably uh, – it takes a, a lot of self-reflection to, to try to get to that same conclusion without getting – without becoming rich and famous. Like most people will probably have to become rich and famous to know that being rich and famous isn't uh, what you thought it was. But if you're somehow able to get that realization without going through all that headache, <laughs> that would be great. Man, right. that's awesome. Well, this bleeds us in. We got to talk about music and, and what's going on. I mean, we're on the hippy dippy subject right now. You just yeah, basically right. told us yeah. you're a barefoot hippie. So, so yeah, exactly. tell us what's going on, man. Tell us what's next for March Sheba and music. Yeah, it's funny. I grew up playing sports. Um, that was my world. And then I joined the Navy, and then that was my world. And so, this music thing that I've kind of cultivated um, has been like this just side passion. With real, there was no like definite horizon for like when that would come to fruition um, in terms of playing music like professionally. Uh, other than I guess this, when I get out of the military, I start trying or something like that. Mm-hmm. But when I was in Charleston, I um, ended up recording some music there and then put it out, which was a great experience. And then um, right now, I have a my like a, my first full length record um, that's going to be 
coming out hopefully in like less than a year but i'm, I'm going to be recording it in february uh so it's kind of a long th- these projects are really long like most most projects in life they take a long time and so yeah. uh it's it's mostly a it's mostly a grind and um it's but it's like a really great uh, beautiful way that i i found to like enjoy something hard you know like it's, it's hard and it's like I, I really enjoy that type of challenge and so uh, I guess to answer your question flat out is like uh, I'll have hopefully an, my first you know album out uh, in a couple months or I guess like probably like six months seven months wow yeah six months yeah I've been following you on Spotify uh, I, I love your stuff man I know you, you kind of yeah. come out with singles here and there I'm excited for the first full yeah, album yeah it's really <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to be consistent, you know, when you and you are in the military. You go on, like, nine-month deployments and stuff. There's just kind of holes yeah. in, in your ability to just big time gaps where nothing happens. But, yeah, For I'm sure. excited to work on it uh, full-time. Can can we talk a little bit? Are, are we allowed to talk about this, what you've been doing in your backyard? Oh, yeah. <laughs> can you tell yeah. us about this? <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, it's actually – it's it's been, like, not just it, – it's been a good life lesson for for me, not just within the sphere of music, but in in all facets of of, uh, of life. Um, but to explain what we kind of stumbled into um, with our house that we live in with, I live with a bunch of friends. Um, we end up. I I I I found this guy on Spotify that I I was like my release radar, and I was like heard a song I wouldn't even know you know who it was by I was just playing uh, on this mix, and it came up and it was just like such a great song so it like blew my mind so I was like I gotta know who this is. I look him up and he's like this guy who has a couple thousand views on the song that I was just listening. So I was like, well, this is bizarre. Like this is like the craziest ratio of like good music to people that have heard it. Like I got to like investigate this. And so I uh, like stalked him on Instagram and reached out to him. Just he did, I mean, he's not a big guy. So I was just like, yo, dude, I just heard your music. Like, this is unreal. Like this is really blowing my mind. Congrats. He's like, oh, thanks, dude. And then I followed him on Instagram and then uh, like a couple months later, he, he was like, oh, I'm doing a, a house show tour, which I didn't even, like, I was like, what the heck is that? He's like, well, I'm, like, coming around uh, uh, through the country playing in people's houses, like, in their living rooms and backyards. And so I was like, well, I live in San Diego. It looks like you're coming through here. Like, you want to play in our, we got a big backyard. He's like, yeah, of course. And so we host this guy to play a concert, and we just, like, text all our friends, send out emails to uh, I actually gathered like an email list. So I like sent a text to my friends, like, yeah, send me my email. I'll send you an invite to this thing we're doing. Uh, and we had like 30 people there. Um, and it was like so cool. It blew, it honestly blew my mind. Like, I'd never been to a, a like a musical performance that was so intimate. And with like this guy's, like, this guy was amazing. Um, it's this um, band called Covenhoven. But um, he, he like blew my mind. I was like, dude, we got to keep doing this. Like, this is really one of the coolest things. And so, we just kept doing it, kept reaching out to like people through social media, people uh, that were coming through on either like actual like, tours that they had scheduled or uh, like they're just kind of in LA because we're near LA. So we've had now had like just people coming through playing in our backyard. It's like this little tiny concert venue, but like what the last show, I think they had like 130 yeah. to 150 people in our backyard. Wow. And now, and now it used to be just our friends, and now it's like, uh, like I don't even know ninety percent of the people at these these shows wow. now, but but so the the lesson learned though for the the lesson learned this is the whole point of telling the story is this super super useful lesson that I've learned. But uh, that lesson is that like if you want to if you are really excited about like something like 
uh, for me it was music, but honestly very applicable for real estate too. Like if you really want to get into real estate or music or anything, it's like host, be the person who hosts the things because then you become like right in the middle of this whole, you are the, the like epicenter of, of these events and like the amount of people that you end up meeting. Like I went from not knowing anybody in the music world like my musical experience was me in my room writing songs that was my that was my thing that was the amount of people i knew and now like i know like like i honestly know like in a couple of months like in like four months i know like so many professional musicians and that's how i ended up getting connected with uh, a musician that wanted to record my album and so like it's like it's literally like it's like magic like like very quickly it was like now I know so many people. People are interested in my music, and it's not like you know people that aren't serious. So you 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 end up getting very close to people that are all very serious about the thing that you're doing, which is that's kind of so like cool. a magical, a magical thing. You, you have like this switch in your head that's very evident from all the stories you tell, where you hit that point where you go, you have this like this desire, something that you're really passionate about. Like I want to learn about real estate. I want to buy a house yeah. or deploy. I want to get into music. I want to have my financial freedom number. Like all these things. And most people kind of hit that and they go, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But you're just like, I, I don't know what comes next. I'm just going to do it. I think, I don't yeah. know if you're using your Ben Franklin uh, yeah, it's method or what. Yeah. It's I just, clearly, yeah. Yeah, you that's... have no inhibition and you just go. I love that. Yeah. You just got to harness the spirit of Ben Franklin. That's really it. Yeah. There and you go. Love you all right. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, man, thank you so much. Nate, like, what do you got, dude? What are, you, what are your thoughts on, on Mark? Any questions? You got I just want to know when the next concert is, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't have one. We took a break for the holidays, but I'm sure we'll do it. We'll do it again soon. I'm not going to be doing these things for the rest of my life, honestly. Like, you, if you haven't been to, like, a backyard concert, it's like, you got to go to these things. Like, I'd only been to, like, uh, like you know, big stadium tours, like, or big, you know, big concerts and amphitheaters and stuff. It's, like, a whole other thing to have an intimate musical experience that is, like, top class where your your mind's getting blown like right in front of your face not like on a big screen it's, it's not like on a I'm big sold. screen yeah. I'm flying out for the next one you gotta let yeah. us know yeah. yeah that's amazing absolutely that is that is cool man well uh, Mark thanks so much for your time man it's been so cool to have you on the show I, I really love your approach your mindset and your beginning story while I'm, I'm sure not everyone may start in real estate that way I think most people probably start with the VA loan but um, just really cool to hear how you did that and, and how you persisted and where you're at. Really excited for you for the next four months as you ramp off and pursue music as your passion. Uh, and that's what it's all about, man. So yeah. thanks again for having us and uh, being with us. And, yeah, uh, thanks for thanks for letting me talk to you guys. I mean, I talk to you anyways, but it's kind of fun in this <laughs> setting. Yeah, yeah absolutely. yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. If you're listening to this, then you're missing out. Check out our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and website for more tips. You can find the link in the description for the show. Thank you so much for listening. If you have questions about anything you heard today, please reach out to us via text message or phone call at 858-633-1775.